we can't afford not to record. <laughs> Welcome to Misunderstood. I'm your host, Darnell Moore. And I'm Brian Moore. And we're back. All right. So last time we talked a little bit about leading in with raising a family in Franklin County. Mm-hmm. But we talked a lot about racial issues. And you said there's a surefire way. There's something that you've seen that's cut through a lot of the racial problems. Yes. Uh, parenting. Uh, that's one thing. And I think you're looking amazed because you're like, you didn't phrase it like this at first. Yeah. But uh, at first I said sports, but I think it's it's more parenting Um, because in Franklin County, uh, if you have a child in 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 rec sports, they're they're teamed up, not based on economic status of the parents. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, It's it's totally well, it's not totally random, but it. Due to the large amount, you know, you could have your child in uh, a Glade Hill, uh, which is, you know, 10 10 miles away uh, school system uh, interacting with kids from that area. But uh, my child, who is currently uh, he's playing baseball and, you know, a proud dad moment. The season's over. uh, They lost the championship. Uh, Coach from the other team said, hey, can I talk to you? your son's pretty good. We'd be interested in having him play for the all-star team. And I was like, oh, wow, it's happening. Be cool, man. Be cool. Because <laughs> I didn't have that athletic ability. I'm a sports dad. I'm a sports dad. Yeah. Uh, Can't go to our dad for that advice. <laughs> yeah, uh, but um, attending the uh, the first practice, this all-star team made up of probably 10 different areas in Franklin County. Mm-hmm. Um, and And you know, different fathers, conservative, uh, <laughs> some, I'm probably the most liberal, you know, I got my, my resist, uh, shirt on, uh, and black lives matter bumper sticker on my car. But, uh, all of us are there because we love our children mm-hmm. and we want them to be better. And, and, you know, they're giving me advice and, and, and it's, it's, it's a nice environment. So, uh, I think that, Going forward, our kids are going to be what is going to going to end this division. And I heard a comedian talk about how sports kind of ended racism. They used remember the Titans as the description. He was like, this whole town was racist. They're like, I don't want my kids going to school with them. Wait a minute. They might go to state, you know. And so I really kind of expected your story to be be along those lines where it was like, wait a minute. We might win. Bring that kid in here. Which, uh, which is funny because... Uh, I just saw a meme today about uh, Ed Harris, who played the like the the left tackle, uh, who who uh, interacted with the uh, the the other defensive men, and they're like, you know, blind side, strong, strong side. side. Yeah, <laughs> he was uh, he was the, the black character. Okay, they're like, you know, Peyton Ed Harris. Full. Yes, you know, <laughs> was was making drug deals, taught the the uh, <laughs> taught New Edition how to dance. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and coached a winning championship team in LeBron. <laughs> I, I just found that amusing. But uh, to get up back on tangent, uh, yes, uh, um, sports does 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 play a role in in 
So we we need a backstory to remember the Titans, where the parents are like on the sidelines going. <laughs> so that's, that's your son out there running, huh? Okay, he's pretty fast. <laughs> we need the side story where the parents got together on the sidelines and kind of worked out the kinks yes. over this common goal of football, and that that also I guess would have helped heal. Mm. Okay, which I think there's a little bit of a feeling of pride for me in, in that that's what it felt like our grandfather did or mm-hmm. how the story we got. And he was the coach for the black high school for mm-hmm. just about every sport that the black high school participated in. <laughs> but when they uh, desegregated, he moved to the high school and did not take a coaching job, mm-hmm. but encouraged players from the black school to come play at the new integrated school. And so I, I, I guess it's that similar kind of story, putting people who fathers who never would have talked to each other in, in other circumstances would have been there on the sidelines together, would have been in the stands together, is it would have created the same kind of community that, that sports does create, that we, we, it cuts across lines, like you said. Hmm. I, I hadn't even considered that part. Which is why I look shocked. It's uh, good. Good. We don't have a camera yet. Yeah. Well, now uh, I guess. How do you feel about you know raising uh, two daughters in, in uh, rural Virginia? It's it's, it's weird, um, and I think it's weird because I had not anticipated raising daughters. One, I I, I felt like I was just going to be my dad. Like I'll join the army. I'll have boys and we'll travel the world. And then my plans weren't anything in that vein. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm in one place the whole time. I've got daughters instead of sons. There's a lot of things that daughters do that just like, I felt bad for dad afterwards. Like when my kids were little, they'd just be like, dad, you need a hug. And then they just come hug me. And I don't, I don't remember hugging dad for no good reason. No. <laughs> like it was awkward when I had to hug him to go off to college. Um, I, shoot, I joke. Uh, I think four times I've hugged dad. <laughs> uh, two of them were funerals. <laughs> uh, one was leaving off for college. <laughs> Gosh, it might be three. Yeah. And, and girls just changed that. Girls and Uncle Ronnie. Mm. And then uh, Uncle Ronnie, um, he, he taught us the dap hug at first. He used us in. Yeah. So he was which the is, first which one. Which is now adapted. Yes. It, 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 well, he, he abandoned that one. He yeah. just goes in for the hug now. <laughs> He's like, I'll slap your hand out the way when you go in for the tap. <laughs> uh, but that part I didn't anticipate is, is having daughters. I didn't anticipate being in one place the whole mm-hmm. time. And I, I have very little advice. Like if I made a mistake in sixth grade, I was just going to move. <laughs> Nobody was going to know me in the next school. Yeah. I was the new kid. I don't have any advice for a daughter who's going to go to a high school with kids that she's known since elementary. Mm. You know, like they've seen all the stupid stuff she's done. They've seen all the smart stuff she's done. They remember. But we did marry women that uh, were pretty grounded in in the counties that they lived in. Yeah. So they, they all, they did live the same kind of life mm-hmm. where they live. They went to school with the same people from beginning to end. And some of it seems happy. Like it's nice that they know people from when they were kids mm-hmm. now. And so I, I think I'm excited for that part. Um, raising kids here, I think is still, 
I think it's still easier than other places. It's one of the things I really do like about Franklin County. I hate some of the things we've lost when direct sports is a good example. When we first moved to Franklin County, rec sports were free. Mm -hmm. They were paid for through taxes and all you had to do was sign your kids up and they could join the rec sports. And recently they put a price on joining and I know families that have multiple kids that price can start to get a little heavy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also know that there are some families that even when the price wasn't there, the transportation and the regular hours, some of that keeps them away. And when I was, even when I was first moving here, like 2004, it felt like there was a little bit of a tighter community where if there was a kid who couldn't make it, they were related to somebody or knew somebody who would get their kid to practice and back yeah. forth. And it feels like we're losing a little bit of that tight knitness of the county. Really? But you know what? We may not. I don't have kids that are involved in rec sports. They just didn't choose those sports. So I, I've got a, a daughter in dance. I've got a daughter well, in gymnastics. Well, even with that, uh, I feel like you have, you're surrounded by family members that I feel like could step in. And if you're like, hey, you know, Chess and I, I have something we have to do. We're not going to be able to, to take our child to this. You have a backup plan. Yes. Not, not just can step in, have stepped in. Um, gosh, I, two big ones is when our daughter was born, uh, my wife wouldn't, I think the postpartum hit, mm-hmm. but then when it was time for her to go back to work, the idea of putting her in daycare, putting her daughter in, putting our daughter in daycare, like crumbled my wife mm-hmm. and her grandparents watched her. Mm-hmm. So like having that fan, like that's the only reason she could go back to work was, was knowing that she was leaving our, our daughter with her grandparents. And then that move from leaving her with her grandparents, leaving her with Miss Mackahammer, mm-hmm. which felt like family. And so being I eased say, into even those your uh, <laughs> association with uh, Miss Mackenheimer helped me get it, my children in. Yes. With, gosh, this woman did an excellent job raising our kids. <laughs> she did. She uh, I did. She potty trained two out of three of my kids. <sighs> and I... <laughs> In terms of, of ideas for the county, mm-hmm. um, we've got some absolutely excellent daycare providers in this county. Mm-hmm. I think as a county, we should invest in those care providers. I think we need to collect taxes and pay them so that daycare is free in Franklin County. Ooh. Give it away? Give it away. Now, I... I... <laughs> What would women do if their children were in daycare? I know what my wife did. I know what my wife would do. Work? Work. Mm -hmm. I know that there are a lot of small businesses that would be started up. I know that currently most of the daycares are already businesses run by women who live and spend their money in Franklin County. So it's not like this money would escape. Now you're thinking like a true liberal, um, I, it, I especially am. since the fact that uh, right now you don't have any children that are daycare age. I don't. So you wouldn't benefit from this whatsoever. I think I would benefit because I think there would be restaurants opened up. Mm-hmm. I think there would be small businesses opened up. I think there would be I'd, I'd have more options because there are people who either aren't working because the cost of daycare prevents them from having a job mm-hmm. or 
they can't start that business because they don't have the time and the mental capacity to break away for six hours a day because they're because taking care of children requires a lot of work. It does. And I'd say the other benefit is it will put our kids in contact with other kids. One of the things I've always loved about Franklin County Public Schools is there's not a separation of kids. So students with with disabilities are in the classroom, are in the hallways, are participating with students who are deemed non-special needs. Mm -hmm. That, That equality, I think, makes for better students. Navigating with a student in a wheelchair all the time is going to make it so that my daughter does not think that's weird. Mm. I'll say that I think that's what scared me the most coming to Franklin County. Um, Because in all the school systems we've lived in, I don't think we've I've ever been in a school that had more than 600 students. The size, just the absolute size. Mm -hmm. and shoot, we've attended schools in, in near pretty major cities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was Carlisle big? Um, Carlisle High School. Yeah, big. but there was, uh, I think, because I was in middle school at the time. Mm-hmm. I think there was three middle schools for that area. Okay. Where Franklin County has one. Yeah. And I think I th- those three middle schools must have fed into the main high school. I think there was more than one high school in Carlisle. I can't remember. I know the Carlisle High School was really big. We had a a three-day, like it was a Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule, course mm-hmm. schedule. And there were two campuses. Like you had to you could you had to walk between the two. It was a so it may not have been as big as I think, as much as it was spread out. Okay. So I thought the school was big. Now I I went to Prince George High School, not that school was not that big. Hmm. Um, but also right next door was Petersburg High School Um, I think Matoka Um, there were several high schools in that area so how many high schools total did you go to I went to two just two okay yep well I just went to three so it's not like I went to two high schools uh, a middle school a junior high and five different elementary schools Got around. <laughs> oh, so did you. <laughs> yeah. That was the good thing about being an army brat. Like I said, any mistake I made, I was just going to move. But, Nobody's uh, going to remember. And I, I, you know, back to what you said, uh, I think that's why it's hard to leave Franklin County because there's a comfort with knowing that you're covered. Yes. Uh, if something was to happen and... You know, I couldn't get to my kids. My wife couldn't. I knew that. I know that two or three phone calls and it's handled. Yes. And and sometimes you don't even have to make all the phone (laughs) calls. You call one person and they can't do it. They'll call somebody else and and get it handled. Yes. That feels common. Like that feels like it crosses racial lines. It feels like most people who live here have that feeling. Mm Mm-hmm. I wonder if that same feeling is felt amongst people who transplant here. I don't think so. And that that worries me. Then. What keeps the transplants here? Is it low labor and low taxes? Low taxes. Yeah. Well, why do people move to Franklin County? Uh, that one does worry me. Is It feels like people move to Franklin County because all of us are cheap labor. 
is they've got this school system full of highly qualified teachers who are paid less than every mm-hmm. other place. So we've got a school system that collects less property tax than any other place. Mm-hmm. We've got people that go to work at restaurants at a lower wage. Mm-hmm. So they go in every day and they get meals cheaper than any other place. But in order for them to keep their costs low, we also have to keep a low wage. We have to keep a low service. Um, and so it worries me that that's the, the real reason so many elderly people are complaining about the school board is they want less spending because they know that spending comes out of their property values and that property value is going to keep them from going out to eat once or twice a month. Hmm. Wow. I didn't even think of that. Because uh, <laughs> it would make sense why somebody who hasn't had a child in Franklin County school system be so loud uh, and vocal about their dislike of the school system and how they're, they're handling things. Yes. And that, that, that really worries me. And I think also it worries me because desegregation in Franklin County felt like it was very effective is the number of white people my wife knows mm-hmm. compared to the number of white people my mother-in-law knows. One going through a fully desegregated system, one making it almost through a fully segregated system. Mm-hmm. Is she has she's got white friends, she's got a peer group mm-hmm. that is, you know, she knows people that aren't just based on race. Some of them are based on she, they all enjoyed acting. So they were in theater together. It's based on commonalities as opposed to just being in the same location. Mm. And so I think that worries me that they want to take that away, that they want to privatize all of us and put us back in our bubbles so that we don't have that same connection outside of our racial lines. Maybe. Heavy. We weren't supposed to go this heavy with uh, raising kids. and Well, I don't know how else it was going to be because raising kids is like a scary, scary thing. Is it? I guess it's supposed to be. You're I right. think the thought of it <laughs> it's supposed is to scary. Be. Ah, I may be phoning it in, Like man. I think, uh, you know, I, I missed my, my first child's birth uh, by 45 minutes. Uh, but I did see the second one being born and the third and... That's a tough little booger, man. But childbirth. It, it is. It does not work the way I thought it is. The movies lie to you. Oh, gosh. Yes. I was like, oh, man, they're going to crush my baby's head. No, no. <laughs> those, I, little, those little boogers are tough. That that got me like when people are like, oh, you're going to drop the baby. I was like, I know how they got here. That baby's going to be fine if it gets dropped. <laughs> it is not an easy thing on either person, the baby or mama. They are both tougher than they look. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> I've dropped mine once or twice and they bounce back. They bounce back. <laughs> Is there anything surprising about raising kids? Oh. Um, at this point, you're, you're doing pretty good. Oh. Um, Do you think I wish I could take the credit for it? Um. Man, I, I, kids are just different, man. Maybe I, maybe I, I feel like I, you know, I really am blessed. Yes, I, I feel the same. They, they have my wife's uh, 
academic ability uh, and achievement, all of them are straight A's. One's on full scholarship in college. but they got my personality, which <laughs> <laughs> I think is a plus. You know, I smart may, and cool. Oh man! <laughs> uh, so I contributed a little bit. Uh, I didn't contribute to the athletic ability and. Back son. to the wife. Yes, smart, but, cool, and athletic. <laughs> but uh, I think the only thing that's surprising is just how uh, easy it is, um, and how little they ask. The, the only thing I my kids require of me is my presence. Yes, time. Yes. And that that one is a difficult. I find it difficult. Uh, balancing how much time to work, mm-hmm. balancing how much time to invest in studying. Um, I, I also find that just being accessible also works. Mm-hmm. So if I decide to study doing something simple like leaving my door open so that my girls can come in and talk. And, and see, what I found is uh, I, that is where my value is. It, it's in my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so when work hindered the time I spent with my kids, it was time to change my change what I do. Okay. Um, that's why I got out of the human services field. Did you feel satisfaction in the field? Uh, I did in the work I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I can always go back, but my priority has always been my family. Yeah. And I, I, cause I think both of us always joked about like the biggest desire would be to be a stay at home dad. Yes. Oh gosh. Still on my wish list. Now, <laughs> so, and some episode in the future is going to be about AI, but the dream with AI, cause you know, like the Jetsons, mm-hmm. you know, he worked like two hours a day and, and not five days a week either. Cause he, he was also work, working virtually. Cause some, how many times did he yes, basically sprocket where, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where he did? There was a whole lot of stuff. I guess it's starting to come true, but we're going to get to a point where a lot of the things that we want done mm-hmm. can be automated. Yes. Can humans be trusted with their time? Like if you were given more time, what would you do with it? I think that uh, I would find what is important to me. Uh, kind of like COVID. When I was f- you know, forced to quit going into the office mm-hmm. and I spent more time with my family, we, we grew as a family. We got closer. Also, we as a family got behind causes, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we essentially, we became activists um, for, for things that we value and that we believe in. Yes. COVID was, COVID was a very weird time. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of positive growth and guilt. Did, now, did we, that wasn't in the last episode where we talked I about I don't COVID, know, but I, uh, I feel like it's worth chatting up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, there were positives to COVID to me. Uh, there were, there were. Aside from from all the deaths, um, my family 
we, we, we got closer to each other mm-hmm. because we were forced to be in this intimate space uh, for 24 hours a day. Um, I think for the first like six weeks, we were even having uh, groceries delivered to our house. So the social interactions we were having were either behind a computer or with each other. Your sports were shut down. Yes. And so the, the very first thing is I, I live in a small house, 900 square feet, and I've got another you know, couple hundred square feet un, underground, partially finished. So it's a small house. But I also have about a quarter acre of land that had a swing set on it. Mm-hmm. Like my kids could go outside if, if need be and, and get away. Mm-hmm. We had enough space where we didn't want to hurt each other. Like if we need, you know what I mean? There was enough space to get away, but not be away. So we were able to have dinners together. Mm-hmm. We were able to watch TV together. We were able to study together. And if we got sick of each other, you could go somewhere and have some space away. There, there was some guilt because we could handle that so well because of how our family worked that there are some families that didn't have that same option. Mm-hmm. If somebody lived in the same 900 square feet, but it was a, a, a trailer instead, you know, and they were right next to their neighbors or had a common playground mm-hmm. or an apartment, there's nowhere to get away. And yeah. I, I think we knew that some of the benefits that I got from COVID Not had a little had. bit to do with, I was in a socioeconomic class where I could have things mm-hmm given to me. I could have, I could have food delivered. Uh, at one point we went to Waffle House and we bought like a bulk package of waffle mix and sausage and, you know, like it was, it was an expensive thing to do because it was, you had to pay what Waffle House paid for mm-hmm. but it made like 200 waffles. <laughs> Uh, that might be an exaggeration, but it was cost equivalent. It came out nice. I'm mad you didn't let me in on this. I thought you knew about it. No. Yeah. Waffle Waffle House is one of my favorite places, not just to eat, but kind of the culture around Waffle House, too, because FEMA has a Waffle House index. So when there's a natural disaster, uh-huh. one of the first restaurants to open back up will be Waffle House. Really, And so FEMA creates a scale of how bad some disasters are based on how quickly Waffle House is opened back up. <laughs> now, the problem we were, we're finding with that, though, like I was, you know, being a Waffle House fan, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. But as we get through the Black Lives Matter thing and people are starting to like talk about their problems, they're going, if you're a worker in one of these Waffle Houses and you've just had your place destroyed, and they're like, hey, come in to work and serve waffles. It's, it's a bit of a different story. Mm-hmm. Even though that job gets to be very, very important because some of the people they're serving waffles to are FEMA workers. They're people bringing in aid. So it's an important job that we don't pay enough. But then we also use that information from those people to help keep society moving. So there's... There's a lot of guilt that I ended up pulling out of COVID as I started to understand these things. But I also don't understand why we can't make them accessible to everybody. Like I don't live an opulent life. 
I don't know why people don't have access to what I have, except that I think it costs about $100,000 a year to have. Hmm. So you're for increasing the minimum wage. Absolutely. Not only increasing the minimum wage, I'm for a guaranteed minimum income. I think we should pay everybody $1,000 a month, no matter what. I think we could almost do that and then make every historically black college free should be reparations. Ooh. You got to explain this one. All right. So we all know what reparations are. Reparations are payment back for the enslavement of human beings in this country. Mm-hmm. And so. Well, why should they be forced to pay for something that they had no part of? Because we're still paying for it. We've created red lines and historically black colleges, I think, are the best place to, to start with. If we made every historically black college free and they had to accept students at their current rate. So, like, I think Virginia State has like a 75 percent acceptance rate. So 75 percent of anybody who applies there gets accepted. So the money for Virginia State will get bigger and smaller based on how many students they take in. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of white students who would have benefited from going to Virginia State University, but there was family pressure saying you can't go there because it's a black school. I've met people now who believe that historically black colleges were segregated at some point. <laughs> or still think they're or segregated. Or still think they're yeah. segregated. And these are some of these families would benefit from having a minority scholarship at one of these historically black colleges, but we've built in this system that told them they can't go there. Hmm. So slavery and now I will say that civil rights I feel like you've done a, a good job of uh, explaining that to, to uh, people. Oh, yeah, you know, you're more than welcome to attend an HBCU and, and get a minority scholarship. Get a minority scholarship <laughs> and, and go. But I think the thing that scares most of them kind of on hearing that is the idea of becoming a minority scares the snot out of a lot of people. Hmm. So when, when they'll say to me like, ah, you know, you get the, you can have a, uh, what, do, what do they call it? Affirmative action and, and go to <laughs> Virginia Tech. And I go, well, you can get vir- for affirmative action too and go to Virginia State. And then the idea of going to a historic, a predominantly black college creates fear. But I don't know if they ever realize that's the same fear that we have, that we have going to a predominantly white institution, that there are culture pieces that you don't quite understand, mm-hmm. that there's acceptance of who you are and that you are easily identifiable. Mm-hmm. You come in and you do something stupid. It's really easy to go. Hey, a black kid came in here and fell or <laughs> have a mistaken identity. <laughs> What do you look like? Black guy with dreads. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So those two things as reparations, I would really like to see. Mm. So having uh, a guaranteed minimum income, everybody in the United States gets $1,000 a month. And so that's not enough. Like if you got $1,000 a month, would you quit your job? No, no. I think most people wouldn't. But there are some people who would. And to be honest, some of those people I want out of the workforce (laughs) like I've had some waitresses that were amazing Mm -hmm. they remember me when I came back in they got food out to me fast there was a mistake in the back of the kitchen they were able to come out and talk to me about it like that was a job that they were gifted and skilled at Mm -hmm. I've had students that I go boy I hope you never end up as my waiter (laughs) (laughs) and I don't think we should punish people with work 
is most people want to work because we love the job. I hope when my kids see me doing work, when they see me preparing for work, they know it's because I genuinely love my job as an educator. And I hope whatever jobs they get, they love in the same way. Hmm. And so, so I don't think the guaranteed minimum income is going to stop people from working. Okay. How would you like to see reparations? Would you like to see reparations? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to agree with you on uh, something that is lasting. So uh, I'm all for the uh, um, free education, mm-hmm. which hopefully is coming down the pipeline anyways. I, it, it needs to be. Uh, it's, the, it's the only thing that'll get Biden reelected. I'm certain of that. Let's talk about Biden. Okay. Um, Uncle Joe, not, his son not getting indicted. He's not. Well, he's he's getting arrested and he's <laughs> and it's bad and he's guilty. And he had guns. And he's just <laughs> that man, I didn't realize he was fifty five. A hunter. Hunter. It would make sense. His dad is. I, I guess it does make sense, but it feels like all the things I'm hearing about Hunter Biden are the kind of mistakes that a twenty five year old makes. Well, I feel like he made these mistakes were he's because he's he has reportedly turned his life around. You know, a lot of these are are mistakes he's made in the past, Mm -hmm. I guess, with uh, didn't he he have a felony charge, which he's in trouble for having a A gun, a gun as a a felon. Yep. Yep. Which I think these and and also his uh, he had a substance abuse problem. Yes. Which seems like these were a lot of mistakes he made when he was younger. That kind of pushed into his his adult life, which the difference, you know, where I I feel like uh, if you're rich, those mistakes don't affect you. Yes. (laughs) If you're rich, you go to rehab. Yes. If you're poor, you go to jail. Yes. Yes. I guess that's the other thing that worries me when people talk about like there's a two tier justice system Mm -hmm. and they're like Donald Trump's getting the unfair justice system. I'm like, man. If we're living in a world where a rich white man is not getting the good justice system, what is there That's left the for the rest I of us? Live in. What, what are the poor of us getting? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, if he's not getting the good justice system, what are, what do we got? And see, I was looking at it. Uh, he's getting a fair justice, which is what we've gotten historically. He's he's being scrutinized like a black person. I don't think so. You don't think so? No, no. <laughs> Man, you really read any of his indictment? No, I haven't. There's like what, 96 of them. Oh, everyone, he's guilty. <laughs> Not only is he guilty, but he's guilty of rules that he set in place. So, so he comes out and he's like, lock her up. Oh. Hillary needs to go to jail. And the Republicans are like, we really don't have any laws to put Hillary in jail. So he's like, well, let's make some laws so if you steal government documents, you go to jail. And then he steals government documents. <laughs> Not only he's in stockpiles of them. <laughs> this man's got them spread out all over Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> uh, and in public places, I didn't realize. I, I thought Mar-a-Lago was an estate. No. <laughs> Apparently, this is a hotel, a, hotel a resort, a country club, and he's like shuffling around. <laughs> like he's got him like in the ballroom. Like 
Oh, uh, the funniest one I heard about Joe Biden though is that he, after he heard that Trump uh, got his documents, mm-hmm. that he went and stole some and put them out so people would have to talk about his Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> they found they found documents near his Corvette. Yeah, I've got a Corvette. Yeah. You know, oh, you <laughs> saw that, did you? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about my Corvette. <laughs> Uh, how? What would you rate Joe Biden's job now? As in what he's done How's so he far? How's he doing? How's old Joe doing? Old Bland Joe? Old uh, Bland Joe as a liberal-leaning, not-quite-Democrat. Oh, uh, five or six. Out um, of? Ten. So middle of the road. That... That's what I felt like we elected. <laughs> we elected a five or a six. We uh, we elected somebody that wasn't really willing to ruffle any feathers. We elected tap water. Yes. <laughs> um, because we, I, you know, I, I'm a Bernie supporter. He he was at least an eight. He was a hard eight. He's like, hey, I'm gonna go in here. I'm gonna shake things up. We're gonna get rid of the millionaires and the billionaires. We're going to redistribute the wealth. No, no, no. We're just going to make them pay their fair share of taxes. <laughs> and you know what? Why shouldn't education be free? Why shouldn't everybody have access to health care? Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Joe Biden's very much like, hey, man. Slow it down. We're just going to do what we're supposed to do. I drive a fit. <laughs> it looks fast, but I drive I slow. Drive slow. <laughs> and that's that's what his, he's done with this election. They can't see you if you drive fast. <laughs> you got to go slow. <laughs> he took all this forward momentum and he slowed it down <laughs> to 15 <laughs> miles per hour. <laughs> you know what? I, you know what my favorite part of the Biden presidency has been so far? What? I don't pay attention to Biden during this presidency. <laughs> All of my news about Biden comes from my, my social media uh, that the liberal, that the conservatives are feeding uh, to me. When Donald Trump was president, he was on the news. Yeah. He was like uh, Suge Knight. No, Puff Daddy. All up in the videos. <laughs> all of, he was every, and during COVID, he was like giving press conferences. Like, <laughs> he ate up so much of the atmosphere. Mm. And, and what I know... He was the greatest showman on earth. He was the greatest showman. And what scared me is Donald Trump felt like he was running the show when he was president. And it felt like a circus. Mm-hmm. I don't think Biden is running the show. I think Biden said, that guy seems qualified. Hire him for health care. <laughs> well, you're an engineer. Maybe well, you should be in yeah, HUD. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's like, hey, you got qualifications. I know a job. That's what it feels like is happening now. Mm. And so now. And I'd go a step more. further. I don't think it's actually him making those decisions. I think his staff is like, hey, Joe, <laughs> we vetted this person. They're the most qualified for this position. <laughs> Which I, that's normally how things I think happen is you don't expect the CEO of a company to hire the person in the mailroom or even to hire the top executives. There's a board and a human resources manager and there's a whole group of people. And it just felt like during the last administration, everybody was out. He ran it like the apprentice. He did. You're fired. (laughs) Oh, that that did that worried me, and so right now, boring, sleepy Joe. 
I'm enjoying. Now he does make a uh, Fox News. Uh, whenever he stumbles on his words, falls off his bike, or oh man, <laughs> oh. I don't know what he was thinking at that uh, at the Air Force Academy when he decided to go for that little jog and then tipped over. <laughs> uh, well, well, apparently he's pretty active. The man yes. likes the man likes jogging, riding his bike. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's bound to happen. You know, if you catch me and I ride my bike, you gonna uh, fall off your bike. Yes, yes. Oh, uh. <laughs> that and shoot. How many times did I, you know, when I graduated, I walked across the stage and in my mind, I'm like, Shh, don't trip, don't trip, don't, don't trip. trip. This man has to do it daily, <laughs> getting off of the Air Force One or walking out of the White House. You see him climbing up those stairs. <laughs> oh, I think the problem with, with that one, when he was trying to climb those stairs, he tried to recover too quick. <laughs> just, just fall down the first time. Get your good fall get in. Get your good fall in and then get back up and go again. He was like, not going to see me fall. No, no, no. <laughs> Well, he's not as fragile as you think he is. No, though. he's not fragile. <laughs> he, he tends to pop on back up. Oh, I see. that's what I'm really hoping. Well, now that now that the uh, when, student loan crisis came uh-huh. in, I don't think Plan B is necessary. It's really the only way I thought Biden can beat Donald Trump is if he physically assaults him. <laughs> like two 98 year old men. If it comes to blows, I'm I'm putting my money on Biden. I, I think I think Corn Pop is this, he's he's got the muscle. <laughs> well, if you look at the two, you know Trump has never been in a fight. No. <laughs> <laughs> now I will say I I feel like Scrappy Joe probably had gotten in a fight. Yeah, a couple of bar talk. fights. Yeah. You know he said something about somebody's wife or mama that he didn't mean. Because <laughs> well, I've seen it slip out of him. When that man says malarkey, <laughs> he's back at his old pub on <laughs> in, in West Philadelphia. Where's he from? Uh, Delaware. Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I I think that's that. I that's what he's going to have to do. I think if this student loan thing doesn't work out for him. I think during debate, he's just going to have to go listen. <laughs> Say Hunter Biden's name one more time, and I'm going to walk over there. Keep my son's name out Keep, your And mouth. he's going to have to Will Smith him. Uh, it's not going to happen. I don't think so either. But I think that would break the spell. Okay. Now, um, are you loyal to the Democrats? Because I, th- I think we did discuss this uh, in the lost tape. Um, how mm. can you be bought? Yes, me too, but not with money, of course not. Okay, well, I think you have to make that clear, okay? Because they're again, I consume a lot of conservative media. There's there are things that you say specifically that like conservative media bites on, they think that like Acorn is out there giving people money in Obama phones to vote for which still doesn't make any sense to me because if if you give me money and an Obama phone and you're like now go vote for the guy I told you to you don't know who I'm voting for yeah like why wouldn't I just come back out and lie to you done it well, <laughs> I voted for exactly who you told me to that and I worked with people who got an Obama phones and they have a Trump sign in the yard <laughs> 
That's not saying all of them, but I have worked, and it's equal. Um, I think that is that is the truth. Is there's there's more of it going around, but I think that idea of buying your vote mm-hmm. is a scary term in conservative land. The uh, I, Jesse Jackson, I think, described it best is people vote their interests. They, they yes. vote what's most important to them. I would say even specifically black folks. Yes. Um, we are not loyal to a party. No, we proved that once. Yes. Abraham Lincoln freed us and by Kennedy, we're voting Democrat. <laughs> there were still people alive who had been enslaved by the when we were switching parties. So you hear that Republicans, hey, convince me, bring me to the other side. Well, I'll tell you what's important. And I, I think I can play devil's advocate. Okay. So the very first thing they'll say is the Democratic Party has tried and they failed. Why not give the Republicans more opportunity? Because they're, they're doubling down on... I, 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 don't, I don't even know how to classify it. They're, they're double down on um, this notion that we aren't needed. That, that's how I feel about the Republican Party. They don't need me. They have enough numbers where they don't even have to buy into what I'm, I want. Well, and, and I, I'm going to put my Republican, okay, my, my conservative ahead, media hat on. You, and I'm going to say, if... We can get government out of your way. You can just get what you want on your own. They don't want government out of the way. We're not playing what about ism. <laughs> let's let's go back to you. Okay. Get what you want. <laughs> I I like having the government. The government you. is my safety blanket. Right. But you could be your own safety blanket. You know how to spend your money better than anyone else. If you had your tax money back. Would you just like waste it or would you invest it in your family? Would you take your kids out to eat? Would you help the local economy? Would you do good things with your money? I'd like to think so. So why not make sure you have it instead of letting some bureaucrat figure it out for you? Uh, I think because I care about more than myself. Mm -hmm. And same way I can't allow somebody to you know a child to wander the streets alone I can't turn blind eye to the homeless or the unhoused the uh, mental health issues that are going on in this country I just I can't do it the idea is if you had more money mm-hmm. then you and people who think the homeless are a priority could get together and work on that. Like, there's nothing that would stop you from donating to the local soup kitchen here or sending your money to Step to help with the homelessness. Hmm. Why not just volunteer your money out instead of having it taken from you? And you don't even know how much is going to homelessness. I've learned to work around it. (laughs) Um... That's like having taxes taken out of my check. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, our father is a finance teacher. Um, he is 
claim all your deductions right away. No, I don't mind the government holding on to my money for a little bit, and then I get it back as a refund at the end of the year. Am I losing the interest I could have made? Yeah, but to me, it's worth it. And I, I'd say that seems to be the push of is that that security blanket is what the Republican Party says it's too expensive for the security you get. That feels like the statement that the Republican Party is trying to make mm-hmm. is that the, the current government is not offering you enough security for what it costs you. Okay. Uh, well, now I'll say that the candidates are also what worried me. Okay. Um, Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis. Sanctimonious. De sanctimonious. Uh, the fact that they, they know these issues are there, but they don't care. Um, I think that that's what bothers me with, with the, the, the Republican Party. Now, just, which issues? Um, uh, the LGBTQ uh, issues. Okay. Um, where we don't want to understand them and we don't want to force other people to. Right. Not only that, but... But we're going to create laws to protect us from having to even delve into any of those issues. Yes. I think that that's what bothers me because I, I don't think like that. And then, then that becomes a, a moral voting ground. Mm-hmm. Is the morals of the Republican? And that one, I, I'm not certain. I know kind of the direction they take in that, and and the main direction they take is to think of the children. Mm-hmm. Is that the reason people claim to be transgender is they're actually pedophiles? Mm. That that is the claim, uh, not my claim. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do not believe that at all. Yes, it just doesn't make any sense. And especially as often as pedophiles get arrested and tend to be just straight men, mm-hmm. this claim doesn't make any sense. But that is that is the primary claim. Is they're they're trying to figure out a way to normalize pedophilia. And everything we're doing is to protect children from that. And at the same time, they're, they're saying that lack of exposure is the best thing for them. It's not lack of exposure. It's that these people are not really transgender. That is not somebody who is a woman. That is somebody who is a pedophile well, well, pretended. Well, also, I guess with, with the, the banning the of books mm-hmm. uh, and any literature that... Right. That, that becomes important. Yes, or even uh, can provide somebody with an understanding right. of what Because it humanizes. Yes. Because then that becomes a person who sees themselves that way and is reflecting their own truth. Mm-hmm. I can't have them be a person. Yes. They have to be an enemy. They have to be a pedophile. If you start reading books and recognize that that person has their own life, their own understanding, their own hopes, their own dreams, Mm -hmm. they're living their own life like they want to live, 
that sounds very much like what Republicans want in the first place. Yes. It's freedom and independence. Well, I, and I think it's because this playbook has not changed. You know, they used that as a they rhetoric did. to prevent the freeing of slaves. They'll become savages. They'll rape the white women. Yes. Uh, it's, you don't want Hispanics across the border because they're, they'll smoke the marijuana and they'll rape you. And some of them are good people. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. It's, it's the same. It's exactly the same playbook, mm. which that part, I think they have trouble not understanding why black Christians don't jump in because black Christians still are very homophobic. Mm-hmm. Black Christians, we are still very uh, traditional mindset mm-hmm. in, in, in who we want to discriminate against, but we will not vote for policy to do it. Yes. And we're why, just... Now, why is that? Because we're too close. <laughs> <laughs> we do, we know the last time marriage restrictions existed, they existed to prevent black people from marrying who they wanted. Mm-hmm. Okay. We know that the last time they tried to put school choice in, it was to prevent black people from attending schools. Like, this is in modern memory. Jerry Falwell wrote papers about how segregation was a um, was allowed as a because of, of Christianity mm-hmm. separation of church and state schools that, that are religious should be able to discriminate like this is modern so I may be homophobic but I can go well that's still a human <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't want that human to have to fight the same fight I just fought and so that keeps many black Christians from, from going all the way over. And then I think the next thing that happens for black Christians is what happens with me is you see somebody who is human and you interact with them and you go, oh, that's just them. Mm-hmm. That's, that's their life. I don't understand their life because I'm not living it. Yeah. So I really don't need to put anything and, in there. And they're way. not trying to push it on me. They, they have no interest in me. <laughs> <laughs> Living their own acceptance. life is tough. Hmm. Yes. So I, I, but that goes back to the desegregation. Well, do you think that that is their fear? Yeah. Um, that of their fear is acceptance. Yes. They're yeah. afraid that they could become friends with that LGBTQ plus person. They will. I mean, that's. I, I don't. If, Will they? If, if, they, if they're they keeping their circles so small that they're not allowing any of them in. That's that's the only way. Mm-hmm. That's the only way anybody can be discriminated against because humans are human. There are some people who are transgender who are awful people. Mm-hmm. And there are some who are wonderful people. There's a whole lot in the middle. And as soon as you start meeting people, it's hard to be hateful. So, yeah, you've, you've got to keep them separate. And, and I will say, I think that's my biggest fear with banning the books. Yes, because books are probably the easiest way to recognize somebody else's world. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. I was supposed to be defending. <laughs> yeah. Thank I, you for joining the right side, I, though. I did. Well, that one I have <clears throat> trouble defending. And I, I, I have some trouble defending because... I still struggle with some homophobic and transphobic tendencies personally. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because I haven't noticed. I, I don't. 
Uh, good. I'm glad that, that makes me happy. Um, but I very much grew Ace Ventura. Remember the movie? Yes. The main punchline of Ace Ventura was that the criminal in the end was a transgender woman. Mm-hmm. And once they realized that, it was so sickening, everybody threw up. That's how the movie ended. That's, that's how the movie closed out. Gosh, I don't remember that. Because Mary, he like tore off her dress to, to, to show that she had breasts. And it was like, oh, that didn't work. And then he tore off the bottom. And then he had to turn her around and you could see where he had tucked it. I was too young to understand what was going on in that. I was old enough to laugh. But we're not the same person that we... <laughs> but we I, have allowed ourselves to to grow. Yes. I mean, I'm not even the same person I was in high school. Yes. But I have to admit to one thing to get to the next. I mean, I don't, I don't understand this. <laughs> admitting like, is it like a declaration? I was a bigot. Yes. But I am not anymore. I, I, I don't think you can just say I'm not anymore. I think. But you, I'm learning. I think I'm learning. I am learning. And I, I think that's, that's the part that, that sometimes people just want it to be like, I'm fixed. I'm cured. Yeah, so we need cured. to become uh, Baptist preachers. <laughs> just baptized you come back up well, I mean most of the time you, you you're talk, no longer you a, bigot, to a, welcome. a Baptist preacher they're like oh shoot I did this I used to gamble I used to hustle but now I have been saved I have been delivered <laughs> yes they do <laughs> I have not met one that does not have a backstory. oh <laughs> oh yeah I used to be in the streets but I have been saved oh <laughs> Yeah, because without a backstory, I don't think they're in it. They're, all their current stories wouldn't be cool. <laughs> all right, we're we're running long on this one, um, <laughs> but this feels like a space I want to go into on the next one. Okay, okay, I'm is, down. Uh, <laughs> becoming like a Baptist preacher. I, I, I think. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, <laughs> What's the difference between a, a Baptist and a Catholic? I don't know. A Baptist? No, no. A Catholic will say hi to you in the liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how did I botch the joke? That's all right. You recovered. <laughs> but uh, I guess we're going to end the show on that now. This is Misunderstood.
just kept a rambling, talking nineteen to the dozen, like a worn out needle, tripping right across said groove. He said there's a silence, it's creeping in darkness, but why look for answers when there's nothing to Takes me away. Give me a blanket and a space for my head. When time descends like an old stage curtain on the back of my eyelids, I'll be in a place instead. Curtain on the back of my eyelids, I've been.